Having a beer, Jeffrey? Yeah. I'm having water because somebody on this podcast said I was fat, so. (laughs) All right, let's go. All right, so let's talk about Area 1. So Area 1, that happened this last weekend, correct? Whatever it was? Yes. Yeah, last weekend. Uh, Let's just talk about who won each division and if that was noteworthy or not. I'll, I'll go ahead and just run right over who won, starting with the most important divisions, so low cap first. So production, we got Nils. Nils won production, I believe, by quite a bit. I'm just going to go who won. I'm not going to go top three or anything. So mm-hmm. Nils won production. Uh, Tim, Tim Heron won single stack. Gianni won limited. Christian won open. Lee Young won carry optic. And Max Leo Grandis won PCC. Did I say that right? I think so. Leo Grandis. And what I did think was interesting in this was uh, that Christian finished ahead of Max in the overall. Like, I mean, it kind of makes sense, but Max is pretty insane. Like when you watch him shoot, mm-hmm. he's insanely fast. So I thought that was interesting. Any thoughts on that? I think it all just depends on the match and going off something that you think you normally see. I, so assuming you're thinking that PCC usually two equally skilled competitors, um, one shooting PCC and one shooting uh, open, you would think the PCC would be, the gear would just be so much more advantageous that they would pull f- further ahead. But who knows what happened, man? It could have been one where they were just, there was a bunch of super hard leans and it was hard to get a rifle in and out and around. He could have had malfunctions. Um, so, I you know. Yeah. I I think the I think the best open shooters are still better than the best PCC shooters. Uh, it just it's been around longer. The division's more figured out, and the top guys in that division are insanely fast. So it doesn't it doesn't surprise me. Uh, locally and stuff, I would expect PCCs to win, but at a major match, I think Open's still king of the overalls. Fair enough. All right, and uh, one interesting point on that match was Nils, one production, finished, I believe, seventh overall at an area mm-hmm. match. Yeah, Nils is, Nils is shooting pretty insanely good right now. Uh, yeah. I think Nationals is, uh, well, it'll be about a week away when this drops, so should be a pretty interesting match to watch, and hopefully they're posting updates on a regular basis so everyone yeah. can kind of keep along. Yeah, and then that kind of leads right into the Georgia sectional match, which Jacob Hetherington shot one production there and uh, finished fifth overall. He also, I think he beat two super squad level uh, limited shooters in the overall. He actually would have won limited had he shot it. Yes, he beat all of the limited shooters. Barely, but beat them. That's pretty crazy. I don't... Mm -hmm. uh, like, is there anybody shooting limited who is at that level, you think? When Nils was in limited, he definitely was. Uh, he was the guy to beat every year. Right. But yeah, that's pretty crazy. I think the, the interesting part in that one, though, when you compare it, was 
not just where he plays, but uh, John Browning won limited, right? They were 0.4 seconds apart. So Jacob actually beat him in the overalls. So 0.4 seconds different, but Jacob shot 38 more alphas than he did in a 264 round match, which is just an insane level of accuracy at that speed. Yeah, it's freaking ridiculous. So at the Georgia sectional, Jacob won production. Gorka Ibanez won single stack, Browning won limited, Trace Decker won carry optics, uh, William Drummond won open, and Tom Castro won PCC. I think there's a lot of people that won't care about this stuff at all, um, but I kind of think it's a good way to, if someone's winning, to, to give recognition. So I think it's a good thing to, to run over matches. Let everybody know who's winning what. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, some of it's not interesting, but it could be. Like, Well, it's interesting when a production guy beats everybody, good shooters that are shooting limited. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Like, you know, it's interesting. It makes you think that, okay, what was about that match that gave that didn't hold his equipment back? I mean... Was there just so many posi- uh, so much room in between positions where the reloads just weren't hurting him that much, or is that person just that insanely uh, good? And it definitely seems that he's he's shooting amazing right now, Brown. Yeah, I mean, I mean Heather Hetherington. So yeah, and I think that's the interesting part. So he, I think he was shooting a lot of three gun earlier this year, and he didn't really shoot in the USPSA early in the season, so he's kind of jumped back into it the last few weeks. And I mean, it's it should be an interesting race to watch between him, Nils, and Mason this year. Well, Nationals. I mean, uh, there's JJ and yeah, JJ shooting it. And all the other super squad guys. Yeah, uh, the the production super squad should be interesting. It's going to be very in- interesting. Like, part of me wants to go just to watch, just to like follow the super squad <laughs> and watch. Like, if I could afford to do that, I would. Yeah. That would be fun to go and spectate the super squad at Nationals. You can ride with Jeremy and stay at his place. You think he would Jer- pick me? You think he'd pick me up again? Probably, Jeremy's not going for production. this time. Jeremy's meeting y'all there for the limited one, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I forgot. So He's coming later he in the week. Yeah, he won't be there. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't want to just go and sit back and watch. You'd be like, man, I wish I'd have brought my gun. It'd be cool for three or four stages. I don't know. I think it's I would probably enjoy it. not. It's not too late for you to register. No. Yes, it is. No, it's too late. It's still open. No, it's too late. <laughs> Why is it too late? It's I think you can go. I've, I've already got other stuff going in life. We've officially switched gears in in my life. What? Boring. Yeah. Okay. Uh, y'all had anything else on uh, that stuff? No, no. Okay, cool. So something I kind of want to start doing at the beginning of each month is give podcast stats for the last month. And I'm not going to give like listener numbers or anything like that, but 
I think it's pretty interesting the percentages that we get from different countries. Some people might find it interesting. So worldwide, I'm just going to go over the top five. I don't even know how many countries we have downloads in. It's a lot. But there's very few in most countries. Um, 87.5% of our listenership is from the U.S. 3.5% is from Sweden. 1.3% from Canada. 1.1% from New Zealand. And 1% from Norway. So those are the top five. That's Henning's family. Yeah. Yep. Probably. So what I find what I find interesting about that is, um, is that just random downloads? You know, some of that's got to be round. But when when you get a three percent, you're thinking maybe that's not random downloads, right? But right. I, I mean, that's if, just last month. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wonder if like they find our content essentially uh, what we call content interesting and, and relevant to what they shoot. Because yeah. I've never shot an Ipsic match ever, but from what I hear, uh, worldwide Ipsic shooting is not. I mean, it's 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 loosely the same thing, but it's not the same. The feel, the feels different. I mean, you know, the rules are different, of course, but the, just the match setup and the stages are a lot different here. It's just put eight up and blast, and there it's a lot more. Lower hit factors, a lot more movement. You can't run outside, and uh, so I wonder if they find our what we think and say <laughs> how, what they think about it. <laughs> if it's good or bad, I wonder. I don't know. I, I think know. I think something to keep in mind though too is whenever you start talking, you know, like Sweden or Norway or somewhere. I mean, their their Ipsic population is probably like us talking about you know one state. That'd be as like talking about USPSA in Missouri or something. So it's probably a little different perspective on it. Uh, you know, we see Ipsic as kind of a completely different flavor as what we're doing. But it's, you know, essentially the same game, but slightly different. Where when you travel around to matches in this area, you see a completely different flavor when you go to, say, Tulsa, or you go to Area 3. And, I mean, they're, what, six hours apart, eight hours apart, something? But do you... You don't think Area 3 and Area 4 are substantially different matches? I mean, other than Area 3 doing what we'll call the circus stuff, it's essentially in in no hardcover or what do they have? What are they famous for? Kind of circus prop stuff and no no shoots? 32 rounds on almost every stage. And 32 rounds, everything. I mean, but at the same time, so it's just, Go here, shoot eight. Go here, shoot eight. Go here, shoot eight. Nah, I think they're pretty insanely different. Okay. Like, even even if you took away all the goofy stuff, I think they're still insanely different. Yeah, different, different flavors of matches. I, I, would, uh, I would love for some of those listeners in other countries, though, to, to drop a message and tell us what they, what they think of the difference between USPSA and IPSC is and if they've ever shot any USPSA. Yeah. Do you think that in other countries at Ipsic matches, they're like set up a USPSA style stage every once in a while? They're like, this is what Americans shoot. <laughs> <laughs> they, probably, they probably put all the targets at three yards away and it's like, yeah. okay. And they make fun of us. 
Yeah, and then they yeah. just like shoot like their their hairs on fire, and then they just all laugh really hard. <laughs> yeah, shoot, shoot two, shoot two on each. Eat a cheeseburger, drink a beer. <laughs> all right. Okay, so uh, in the U.S., of those eighty-seven percent that are U.S. listeners, twelve and a half percent are Texans. That's basically a country. Five and a half percent of those are from Georgia. Four and a half percent are from California. Three point three percent are from New York. Wow. And three point three percent are from Illinois. Those are the top five. Wait, so Missouri, Arkansas, and Oklahoma wasn't even <laughs> no, the top five. Don't even are, represent. No, they're not the top five. <laughs> Well, that that makes sense. That's all the five most populated states, essentially. Right, yeah. So that makes perfect sense, actually. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Texas, Georgia, California, New York, and Illinois. (laughs) Pretty cool. I enjoy looking at the stats. And the only states that we don't have downloads in are Hawaii and Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is not a state. It's like a... It's a U.S. territory, isn't it? It's a territory, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, well, nobody listens there, so they're not very American. Well, (laughs) (laughs) now they're never going to listen. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, we were going to roll into Free State, correct? No. (sighs) No? Are you drunk already? Missouri, Fall Classic. Fall Classic. Why do I keep getting those mixed up? 35th time. It's a second time, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Fall Classic. Y'all shot it. We're going to give some pros and cons. Talk about the shoot-off. Go. All right. Uh, since you're not going to call a person, I'll go first. So, <laughs> pro and con. Uh, pro for this year. I think the the match was much improved because they got away from all the falling steel they normally do. So that was a good improvement. Con, I would I would overall call the match pretty hosey. Uh, there really wasn't much for hard or technical shots in it or anything. It was, I mean, I would say probably 50% of the targets you shot were probably within like five yards. And another 30 or 40% of them were probably within 10 yards. Uh, but it was a good match. I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, I mean, what do you think the what do you think the furthest shot was for the entire match? Was there a twenty yard shot? I don't think there was. I don't. Uh, yeah, no. I bet the furthest the, shot was twelve yards. I'll bet the. I, I think the furthest shot I took was on one stage. I took a target to eliminate a reload coming around the corner that I could have shot at like four yards instead. That I probably shot at like twelve. Yeah, and I did that on a stage too, where I took a shot. Probably seven yards. I did that on two stages. I took a shot probably seven yards further back uh, than I could have, and just to make the position better for me. But uh, Man. so I mean, yeah, the average the average targets were probably eight yards, if not seven, six or seven. So, anyways, um, so for me, I actually liked the match a lot. I thought it was a really good time. Um, first time I've shot at that range. First time I've shot this match. Uh, the the everything went well. Uh, a little bit of backups, but you, you know that's not even something worth really mentioning, I guess, because that's going to happen. So that's what I was thinking about while we were shooting. I was like, it's, this happens almost at every match. Uh, staff was 
all really cool and great. I didn't I didn't see any problems with that. Um, my complaint, if I was going to complain, okay, so my cons would be, is this a con? I don't know. No water on the bays. You had to bring your own water. I don't know that that's a big deal. Uh, and the only reason why I bring it up, though, uh, on the way home, I was sitting there thinking about it. So, it, okay, if we're going to do a cons list and like what people normally typically like to see at matches, I would say uh, a good match, good staff, and then, you know, range facilities. And then, to be honest, people are going to want to – normally people make a big deal about two other things, prize table and, and trophies or awards. I think both of those were lacking. Prize table was if, – if this matters to you, uh, I've got one of those too. <laughs> Jared's flashing everybody his trophy or, or his plaque. Prize table, it was all raffle tickets that you had to pay for. So there was nothing given out based on order of finish or random order from finish. I mean, you did supposedly get a ticket when you checked in, but checking in was non-existent on this. I had never saw anyone that was stationed anywhere or that was in any form. Hey, I'm the check-in person or come here to check in or anything like that. So, you know, you just showed up on the bay and hoped your information was correct, which it should be if you put it in. So that was not really an issue. Uh, and then the water on the bay. So I was sitting there thinking like, I felt like if you're going to charge the fee you charged, then charge fees or tickets for uh, raffle tickets. <laughs> Jared, we see you, buddy. Uh, let me finish first. Uh, if you're going <laughs> to charge for raffle tickets for the prizes, then you're not that prize table. You know, the prize table is not coming out of the match fee. So you should have water on the base. That's probably my only really only gripe. So the so I'm, I'm gonna agree and disagree with you on two things there. One, you're wrong. But I go agree. Ahead. Water <laughs> at a major match, water should be on the base. Uh, you're you're talking. You're either flying or traveling a long ways for it, and you're like that match we shot twelve stages in one day. Yeah. If it if it would have been hot, it's hard to pack enough water without having to carry a big cooler around and stuff. Water should be on the base. It's it's such a minor expense in the grand scheme of things. There's no reason to not include it. Even if you have to raise the entry fee, $10 more a person to pay for the water. Who cares? Uh, on the prize table, yeah, it's awesome when you get a cool prize, but I, I don't think that's a big deal. I think if you're, if you're concerned with the prizes, you probably would be money ahead to quit shooting and just spend the money you spent on shooting on prizes. Okay. So I was just saying that from from the standpoint of two things that a lot of people do care about the prize table. Um, I'm not saying I care, but when you look at how they did the prize table that you had to buy raffle tickets to be even entered to win one, that told me they didn't spend money from the match fees on the prize table. And I didn't see anything that represented where that money went as far as in the form of water. I was basically going back to the water thing. I felt like if you're not if prize table money, or if the prize table is not coming out of the match fee money, why isn't there water on the base? Well, I think there's a lot more to the, the match. You're talking, you're, you got a lot of targets. You've got to build some new props and stuff as you go. Um, every, every other range has to, every other match has to do the same thing. And, and they, they were also very well staffed and it's, it's not cheap to have proper staffing. I mean, to put them up in hotels and feed them and stuff. Every so, other match has to do this too. They do, and 
And they managed to have water. <laughs> the water, I agree on. The that, we're agreeing table. on the same thing. I'm just using. I'm normally I would say, well, they the prize table ate into that money, but that was not the case when they you had to buy raffle tickets for the prize money. You might be getting confused when I'm talking about the prize table that I was mad about that. I wasn't mad about that. I was mad that that's not a reason they can use why they didn't have water on the base. We're, we're anyways. We're getting into this too much. It was a great match. The staff was great. Um, it really was a good match and. I, I did enjoy that actually. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. The shoot off, my first shoot off, it was, it was really fun. I would love to see this more. You basically had to pay ten dollars to enter, and then they, based upon how much money, how many people entered, they split that among the top three people. And I think the first person got half back, or half the the, the entry fees, or uh, either all three of them got half, and they they split it up some way. But it was first place winner winner got a hundred and twenty bucks, which is pretty cool. Uh, and, you know, and it took about what'd you say an hour and a half to do all that for the for the pistol side. Yeah, it was really cool. It was really cool. I got knocked out my first round, <laughs> so uh, nice. I, I, yeah, it, you know, I didn't do well, but it was a blast. Uh, I would love to see that more. I don't know how you're going to convince people to come and stay around for another day to do it, but I think that would be I think it would be awesome. So I think that's really cool that they do that. So real quick on the shoot off, I kind of explain it for people that aren't familiar with it either. You, they essentially you get there in the morning you you sign up and essentially they've already got a bracket made with numbers on everybody so like the first guy will be over here second guy will be over here so on and so forth then it works like a normal like 64 person bracket uh and then the normal question that newer people have is well how's that work out for your classification so essentially every class is a piece of steel you don't have to shoot. So if one guy's an M and one guy's an A class, they have one piece of steel difference. So the A class guy has one less. There's a total of 10 poppers out, and the last one's a stop plate. And the stop plates fall over top of each other. So first one to hit wins, mandatory reload between first and last shot. And then uh, dots also add an extra piece of steel for you. So if you're um, a M open guy against a M limited guy you would get an additional plate uh so it 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 makes it interesting because the higher classification you are it's hard to overcome you know two or three pieces of steel right and what you generally see is a a really good like a class guy is really hard to beat in that or b class guy or someone's kind of coming up through the ranks right It, it, it makes it interesting social event after the match before awards it does the A class uh, guy that won it was an A class limited guy, and he beat uh, a super squad level GM in production. Sorry. But nice. I mean, just barely, just barely, and it was. So you know, the I think the um, major power factor is also better. I think the uh, limited guys got a magwell. So I, I don't think it's. If I was doing it, I'd do it differently. But that's just that's just. Different flavor, just a different opinion. It was awesome. I'd go shoot it again with under there. I mean, their rules were fine. You just have to be on it. I mean, I didn't get beat because the guy had less one less plate than me. I got beat because I didn't do as good. <laughs> it's that simple. I mean, that's why I got beat. So, is it six? Like, how many plates are you shooting? There's ten poppers, and they're in. Yeah. And you've got ten, and they got ten. And in the in the middle where these come together, there's two red ones, and the red ones fall, and they will fall on top of each other. So like you you will you did see where one guy would hit it first, but the other guy would drive it down faster, 
And so he he his would get his would fall just a little bit faster under and get underneath it and he'd win. It was it was it was cool and I really would love to see more of it. Yeah. That's awesome. It, was there a, like a round count limitation or anything? No. No, you I don't know. I've seen a lot of production guys seem to be reloading after they had 10. So I don't know if they had to if you had to start with 10 in production. Uh, I'm not sure if there's actually a rule. I just follow the division rules of what I'm shooting. So I would assume yeah. the other guys are doing that. So <laughs> I, loaded, I loaded my max to 10. You have to do a mandatory reload anyways. So I would generally shoot the first eight shots and then reload. The, okay. And here's another interesting aspect. The guy that beat me cheated. So Ooh. Yeah, he Ooh, what's cheated. his name? What's his, his name? name? I don't want to say his name, but he shoots up in Missouri and he's a <laughs> cheater. Okay. He didn't cheat at all. There's another aspect <laughs> of it though. Caleb was telling me about it the night before. He's like, yeah, dude, you'll, you'll try to ice the guy out. You'll try to ice him out. So mm-hmm. like I knew he told me this. So I was trying to make sure I didn't go up there and get ready too early. So I'm up there and I kind of go up to the box that you got to get in and shoot. I'm looking for the next shooter, the guy that I'm shooting against. And I don't see him anywhere. And I know who the, I know this guy. I don't see him anywhere. And then about it, probably like two seconds later, but it seemed like 30 seconds later, he finally stands <laughs> up out of his chair and takes his coat off. And I've been up there for like 30 <laughs> seconds. And I'm like, but I didn't get in the thing and I didn't start making ready. So he finally gets off his butt, decides he's going to, you know, put his coffee down and put a cigarette out and, and, and go up there and shoot. And uh, so I step in the box and I kind of start making ready, but I'm still in no hurry. And I'm trying, I'm eyeballing this guy over here. I look over here and I'm, okay, yeah, so don't, don't be in no hurry. And then, but I, I draw and I do my thing a couple t- a time or two, and then I'm 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 ready, and you have to start with wrists above shoulders, mm-hmm. and I'm looking over and here he's still doing the the old draw and get a sight picture, and I'm like okay I know what he's doing he's <laughs> he's trying to ice me he's trying to ice me, <laughs> so um, that is an aspect you did see guys doing that you did see and it could have been it really could have been just their you know extra make ready their or their normal make ready. But it seemed like there was some of that going on, trying to <laughs> trying to get the guy to sit there and wait. And because <clears throat> I will say this, so there was probably a hundred people watching, maybe Jared. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so yeah, so like you're like okay, I've never had this many people watch, and it's just All they're right. just watching me against this guy. And you did, you were amped. I was amped. And oh man, um, <clears throat> I dude, I would, I would actually, I would like to see it a lot, a lot more. So I think it'd be really cool. That's awesome. That sounds fun. Yeah. It was, Dude, it was I fun. Bet, I bet if if someone would comment in on the Facebook or something on this on this this episode, I bet Jason was up there for like all five seconds before oh, that person always <laughs> ran. No, no, no. He, <laughs> J, Jason, I'll agree with him. He definitely got ice out there. I, yeah. I, use a, I have a little different method. I like to be ready and I go up there, but I don't get in any hurry in my make ready like i don't want to be standing there with my arms up for 30 seconds waiting on them so so uh one of the there's a junior shooter that i know and he's in my area and he was up there and his hands were above his shoulders i'm i'm not exaggerating for 10 seconds it before the other guy finally got his up there and um and and i was like yeah he he i was like way to ice out a kid man but uh, it's part of it. It was part, and then the other cool thing is you sit there and watch one guy shoot, and you'd be like, "Oh, that's an open A class guy, and this is a uh, production, you know, C class guy." And there's three plate difference, you know, and you're like, "Can, can they overcome it?" Um, because that's a lot of plates. And if that guy was just on or was shooting good or is a good shooter, you'd see him. You'd see him win. How far were these poppers out there? Twelve, probably. At the, no more than twelve. Yeah. Probably 12 yards. They're full-size poppers. It's not hard shooting. 
Oh, nice. I mean, as far as when you're when you're shooting at the real key is, you you can't get in a hurry. You, you right. can't. So on mine, I I do my draw and I don't see a dot, and I'm like, so I, po- I finally kind of point my gun down and see the dot. I miss. I just lost my dot. I had a bad draw, I guess, which is something I never do on a normal draw, two handed draw. But I'm now I've now heard like three dings on the other side over here, and he's already oh, got man. one plate less than me. He's already got one less plate to me. So I'm like, okay, I've got to. So I just start trying to go. And I'm, of course, I'm just, bah, 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 and I miss one. And I go, <laughs> and I go right back to it and I make it up. I get to get them all down. And I have to hit the, I have to do a reload. And I hit to go over there and get my reload. And as I'm getting my reload and pointing my gun up, I see his, 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 uh, plate, his red popper start to fall. And I get on mine and I, I hit it like four times, but it just, his, he got me. His fell just, a, <laughs> he, I mean, he got on it fa- faster and he was driving it down. So, uh, it's just, but that's man. just the way it goes, man. It was, it was fun. So that sounds awesome. It is. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get Chad to do it for area four next year, but he quit. He didn't reply to my message. So I think he's not interested. So I've already talked to Chad, Chad yesterday about it. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully he does. It would, that work would be cool. Format. There's a lot of logistics that got to come with it. I mean, you got to yeah. get people to work it. You got to get people to, where you're going to get all that steel, extra steel from if you don't have it. Um, I would make changes to those rules, but I thought about some pretty cool things that I think would be cool. So, you know, so like if you're going to real quickly, if you got a magwell and you're shooting major, you just step in a box. It's two yards back further. And then you do the class. Then you do the classes. That's what I would do. So like a, a, a carry optics versus an open guy, both M classes, the uh, major power factor guy with the magwell gets to step two yards back in another box. Just makes it just a little bit harder, and then and then if it's a class difference, and then if it's um, yeah, that's what I would do. Hmm. Interesting. That just seems awesome. like the easiest thing to do. I was thinking of other plates, other poppers that were further back, or yeah. or at you know, because you don't want to, yeah. Anyways, you don't want to give somebody two of them. So like, if it's an open M guy versus an uh, carry optics A, that'd be you know you don't want to give them an extra plate just because they're shooting major power factor on top of the already one plate or two plates of of uh, class difference and gear difference. So, because at some point you can't, like in the PCC, it seemed to be a little bit more uh, more of an issue. Like if you had a GM guy shooting against a B-class guy, that's like four plates or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's almost impossible to overcome that. Uh, where, where those guys were making it and breaking it was their reload. Yeah. But, but again, I think the guy that won that was a, a class uh PCC shooter. Yeah. I, I don't know him. I don't a, know what a, he was. A or B. Okay, so yeah. Wait, so it was it was ten plates, right? Ten poppers. Mm-hmm. Plus the finishing one, so eleven. No, ten total. Count the ten total. Plate. Ten Stop. total. Yeah. Man, that'd be tough if you were shooting production or single stack. Yeah. Well, I think uh, on my first run, I think I sh- hit, the, I shot the stop plate. I think five times because I you just keep shooting until it hits. Like, right. So right. I think I hit it. I think I hit it five times, just yeah. driving it down. Because one kid, one kid hit it. He hit it first, and he just hit it once. And then the guy, I mean, it was like it seemed like a second after it, the guy hit the the guy that won hit it, and just kept hitting hitting it, and it drive. He drove he drove it down just a little bit faster, and it got just underneath it, and then uh-huh. they both they both fell. <laughs> 
So yeah, we you know you saw I, we did see a guy get beat. He hit it first, and he hit it a good amount first, but he just he just didn't hit it again for some reason. Man, yeah. So yeah, you want to drive I, it down. I think back in the day, like the national shoot off was similar, but I don't think they did any like class difference. They took the top sixteen from the division, which is where top sixteen came from, and did a shoot off. Cool. Yeah, which, that, that would, would be cool, cool if they still did it. Yeah. Hmm. It's awesome. Nationals. Let's talk about nationals. Mm-hmm. Y'all have nationals. When is that? Two weeks. And I think we shoot on the 18th, 19th, and 20th. So I'll oh, be. Okay. Yeah, I'm headed to Florida on the 16th to set up a booth for CZ and everything. So I guess I've got uh, 10 more days. Of training. Fuck yeah. All right. So my questions. Here we go. Nationals. So first, how are you feeling? Both of you about nationals. How are you feeling with it coming up? You both got some, had some adversity at the the end of this year. How are you feeling? Well, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good for nationals. Uh, my, my shooting's been a lot better lately. Uh, speed has been quite a bit better, so and, and still maintaining good hit time. I'm feeling pretty good for it. Uh, obviously, still a little more stuff I'm working on as I get closer, but I I think uh, I'm peaking at the right time. Jason, how you feeling? Um, I'm having some issues. Uh, I am not. I don't want. I I, I really. Don't want to talk about it necessarily because if, if if I say it out loud, then it's like I've been saying to people, it's kind of makes it more real. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm having some problems. Um, I'm not peaking right now. I'm I was shooting better about two months ago. Um, I, I think I can get back to there with some practice. I've got about a week and a half to get out there and try to practice, put as much practice as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm having some shoulder issues and and that's limiting what I can do. So uh, I'm in pretty good amount of pain, uh, just kind of constantly. So I'm feeding, I'm taking vitamin I and uh, and some Tylenol, trying to trying to help that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna really just try to push through. Like I shot at, at uh, the Fall Classic, my shooting it was okay. Um, it was better than it was at Area Four. I had some other issues with ammo, um, and then some mental issue or some just errors on my part. But uh, I think if I can get out there and get some good dry fire in this week and get some good live fire this weekend and then maybe get uh, uh, some dry fire and in, in one more live fire session in before, I think I can get make a pretty good um, maybe smooth out some rough some rough, some of my rough edges and, and, and that'll help me out. So that's the plan. Right. OK, so, Jared, what? Is your training like right now, like trying to peak for the match? What's different about it now than it was a month ago? Well, I mean, not really training any different. Uh, obviously, the last month I've really been pushing the speed. Uh, where something I'm doing like right now is I'm actually taking it pretty easy this week. So I didn't practice today. I uh, did a little bit of dry fire. Uh, I'll shoot a That's Tuesday practice. night indoor. I didn't go shoot. I didn't go live fire. If I don't shoot real guns, it doesn't count. Uh, 
so did a little dry fire tonight. Um, I'll shoot my Tuesday indoor match, and I have a local match on Saturday I'll shoot, and then I'll get a couple of practice sessions uh, probably Wednesday and Sunday. And then next week I'll probably practice like Monday and Wednesday before I leave and shoot the Tuesday night indoor match. Um, taken away from, from that match, though, obviously, always looking to improve. So uh, why reloads and stuff were a lot better. Uh, the real short step reloads, I wasn't quite getting good, quick, consistent reloads. So that's something I focused on. And then the first few stages, I was pretty sloppy on points just because I wasn't getting a good grip on the gun draw. So hmm. kind of focusing back in on some of those basics for the next couple of weeks as well. So what what are you doing in live fire? Like, what are you practicing? So I haven't decided what I'll practice on Wednesday yet. Um, still reviewing the video, but the last, uh, like the last practice I did before I went to fall classic, I, I was essentially hosing, put up like double stacks and stuff. Like I thought I would see there, uh, some skunks, like transitioning to a skunk target from a, from a really fast target, transitioning off the skunk target to a really fast target, but essentially a lot of quick, fast shooting Yeah, was what I was working on. And then when I, start planning what i'll practice next week i'll actually review the matchbook see if there's anything that i i need to practice you know any hard strong hand or we can shooting any any awkward positions anything like that i like it so i looked at the matchbook a little bit and i was messaging some of the guys i don't think there is any strong hand weekend i don't think there is a prone um i'm not sure if there's even a low port i didn't see an unloaded start uh, there was there was strong hand. There's one stage that will probably turn into a new classifier. It was like four paper. I think they were all partials. <laughs> okay, that was. I think that one was. Yeah, that one did have strong hand and six pieces of steel. Yeah, two string. That one I don't think was strong. I think that was strong hand only. Nope, you're right. No. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. There was another one that's going to be a new classifier that I think was strong hand. It, you're right though. There is strong hand on there. Um, that was that actually I, I I showed one of you guys at Fall Classic that stage because that's when I saw the stages uh, Friday night. That stage actually looks pretty cool. Uh, it's a new classifier stage. You you've seen it in other ones. You draw and you shoot the paper and then you make a reload and then you shoot the steel. I think you can shoot the you can shoot paper or steel first. It doesn't matter which one you shoot first, but you have to shoot one strong hand, do a reload, or you have to shoot one of them freehand only, and then make a reload and then you have to do the other set. Strong hand. So that looked pretty cool. And there were some hard partials on it. So it's like, I'm pretty sure I'm just going to do the steel strong hand. Yeah, I think yeah. that's probably what I'll do. It does yeah. make an interesting challenge, though. You either definitely you can shoot, you can shoot eight shots strong hand only with three transitions, or you can shoot steel strong hand only with five transitions, but it's only six shots. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I yeah. actually like the looks of that stage. It looks pretty cool uh, as far as the classifier goes. Um, so but yeah. All right, Jason. What about your? So you've had you've had some some shoulder issues, and all that. Like, what what's your training looking like right now, going to nationals? Um, pretty much for the last month, I've been getting a dry fire session in for about 20, 30 minutes for about twice a week. Um, I've done. I think was it wasn't last weekend because that was one that was yesterday and the day before but the week weekend before that I was able to go out and I did drive I did live fire two, for two uh, days in 
in a row. And uh, I think that helped a lot. So um, right now, this coming tomorrow, I didn't I didn't do anything today at all. I didn't practice at all. I didn't even touch the gun. That's not practicing. Dry firing would be practicing. But uh, I um, I'm gonna start dry firing in the morning. If I feel okay, I'm gonna probably try to get a PM session in. I'm gonna try to do that uh, every day and just uh, bombard my liver with ibuprofen, and then try to get a, some some live fire in this week, and then try to do more uh, dry fire next week, and try to get a uh, live fire session in before I head out to Florida on Friday. So what what are you practicing? I'm gonna practice. Um, in dry fire, I'm just going to, tomorrow I'm going to start off with, I, I, when I'm starting up, kind of ramping back up, I'll just work on the basics. So I'll just kind of work on trigger, trigger pull, um, some transitions. And I try to keep it pretty basic and get fundamentals. Then when I feel like I do that the next day or the next session, I'll do that a little bit again. And then I'll start trying to add something else into it a little bit more advanced. Not that, you know, shooting an array and then moving to another. So I'll actually make a little bit of movement in there where I will may shoot on the move, but I also will shoot this position and then run over here and try to set up and shoot this position. So I'll do that in my drive fire and in live fire. Yeah. So that's probably what I'm going to work on is getting, you know, just calling my shots, getting good transitions, solid transitions, uh, efficient transitions, and then um, probably do some doubles drill, just kind of get back in the timing of it. And like I said, then try to getting work on position uh, entry and exit. And then if I get froggy, I might try to throw a little bit of shooting on the move uh, in there. Ooh. Yeah. So it's it's going to be, right now, it's going to be just kind of getting confident back with some of the fundamentals. Um, I got you. Yeah. I like it. Y'all got anything else you want to throw in about nationals or anything? Just looking forward to it. Yeah. Where is it? Frostproof. Crossproof. I've only been there once. I would like to go back. Oh, really? I've not heard anyone say that. Well, he's only been there once. I thought it was really fun. Well, Frostproof was fun or the match was fun? Both. Nobody says Frostproof was fun. I mean, it's... What was from, from, what was, what was was fun in Frostproof? Did you get you a crack or at the local, like, truck stop? Or? <laughs> no, it was just Jeremy and Wanzik. Yeah, but that doesn't mean Frostproof was fun. I mean, that's what I associate with it. I was hanging out with a couple of good dudes. Having a good time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, it's very rural, I guess. So is where I live, so. Did you go see fun. Carol Carol Baskin? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> oh, she is in Florida, isn't she? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, we stay away from her around here. <laughs> it's not if she heard there. you from Oklahoma, she may uh you may disappear and get fed to some 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 cats. It could happen. <laughs> All right, y'all don't have anything else on that. I have a listener question. I don't know if we talked about it or not. So if we have, I'm sorry. <laughs> But You're going to have to listen to it again. <laughs> yeah, I've now put a check mark by it, so, you know, we won't do it again. We won't, we well, won't do it but, a third time. Yeah, but we might be doing it twice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, 
We're yeah, getting better at this. We're getting better. <laughs> yeah. It'd be completely different answers this time. Uh, does the division you choose have a bearing on how fast you can move up in the sport? Hmm. Let me go on this one because I'm going to put down and then Jared doesn't even need to say anything. <laughs> okay. So we can just end after what I say. Um, it depends on what you mean move up. So if you're saying, does it mean, uh, does it have any effect on how fast you get another classification? Uh, if you go from A to M or M to GM, I would say possibly. Um, some would say that PCC is is one that's easier to make a higher ranking in. Some have said that uh, carry optics is that way. So if that is true, and I, it could be true, and it probably is to some degree, or at least it was, uh, then yes, in that sense, yes, it does have an effect. Does that mean you're now going to be at the top level? No. Uh, you still got to get in there, put in the work, and and get those fundamentals down and get the skill there. So if you're if you're asking in the sense of does the letter uh, after your name, does that go up faster? Then maybe on those two divisions. Um, but if you're talking about actual skill level, I mean, I don't really see how shooting uh, one division is going to make your skill better. You still got to still got to get the skill, got to build that skill cuz it's not natural talent. Cuz that's not a it's thing. All, it's all natural. Yeah. All right. So No, no, no. You, you don't need to talk. You still want to talk, Jared? You don't need to say yes. anything. Yes. To kind of add on what Boomer said. Uh something to keep in mind too is like it's easy to look at it and be like, "Oh, if I had an open gun, I could go faster." Or, "Oh, if I had a rifle, those long shots would be easier." But the thing you have to remember is that when you're shooting that division, everybody else has the same equipment advantages. So if you're thinking, will you will you magically get better in the overalls if you switch from production to open? Probably. Will your skill just magically get better? Maybe not. Most likely yeah. not. Where I think a lot of people will see that, though, is like they start out, say they shoot, start out shooting limited minor with whatever gun they already own, and they decide to like the game, and they go buy a a real limited gun, a 40 cal double stack, you know, limited gun. Well, part of why I think they get better kind of quickly is they start practicing. They start handling the gun. They got that shiny new toy. So, but as far as if, if I'm a, if I'm an A-class limited shooter, buying an open gun is not going to magically help me get to GM faster. Yeah. Okay. So I have two things. So my answer wasn't that good. No, your answer. Uh, it was it was good. It was okay. good. It was great. It was great actually. <laughs> um, so first, uh, you choose a division that's high cap and you can go fast. So high cap with a dot or high cap major, any of those, they may give you a false sense of moving up at locals. So, uh, you know, and you might be moving up to some degree. You know, maybe you finish middle of the pack and then you start working up at a local. I mean, that is moving up, but uh, it's, you know, you finish at the top because you have all the tools to finish at the top. Maybe it might not be because you're better than everyone else. And, you know, it's, it's you have high cap, you're shooting major, you have high cap, you have a dot. So you're fishing at the top. Doesn't necessarily mean you're moving up in the sport. You're getting better, but you're moving up in the sport. Uh, it might not mean that. So that's one thing is shooting one of those divisions can kind of give you a false sense uh, of moving up or it looks that way to other people. 
you know, you shoot in PCC, you finish, you know, top 10 or something, and everyone's praising you. The other thing is you might be in a division like single stack where you show up to a major and there's no heat, so you're winning. Uh, that's another thing. People think you're moving up. Well, really, it's just because there's no one good to shoot against. So, yeah, those are two things to keep in mind when you think about moving up in the sport. Is uh, I, To me, it doesn't really mean you're moving up unless you're getting closer to beating good people or you're beating good people. That's what moving up means to me. It means competing at a higher level in your division. If there is a higher level to go to at single stack, you can only get that, you know, at big, big area matches or nationals pretty much. Uh, Yeah, that's all I had on it pretty much. I mean, I don't think the answer for me on that is no, I don't think it has a bearing because like Jared said, if it's getting easier, if it's easier for you to make those shots because you have a dot and everything, well, it's easier for everyone else in that division too. Uh, so, I mean, people people want to go shoot carry optics because it's easier. Well, it's, it's easier at the local level to do well. But, I mean, you show up to a big match and everyone else, you know, they have the same advantage you have. Good point. And, and, and I'd also say about the uh, overall... If you're shooting a division that has an equipment advantage, you beating someone with lesser equipment is not important and means absolutely nothing. So at a most major most matches, the PCC or open guy should win the match. So I, I, a reason why I bring this up is because I, I have a local guy here. He's a, actually it's a junior shooter, and and he'll he's worried about where he finished overall. Nobody cares where you finished overall because you're shooting against open and PCC shooters. You shouldn't worry about it. Now, I do like beating open and PCC shooters. So for me, I like it when I beat one of those guys, um, especially if they're a really good shooter. But if they beat me, I I, I, I kind of have the the trump card on it. I can say, well, you should have. You 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 got better gear. So right, uh, don't yeah. worry about overall uh, unless you're beating people with with faster gear, unless you're beating somebody that's got better gear, uh, more advantageous equipment. And mm-hmm. um, like what Jeremy and, and, and Jared both said about everybody else gets the same gear. So they, they, they now can go faster too. And, you know, it's all relevant to what you're doing. So, you know, take everything with a grain of salt, be focused on the fundamentals and getting better. And the gear should not really be any, uh, should not factor into the equation. Getting better should not be gear related. Probably the simplest way, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no matter what, I mean, your focus should just be on marksmanship. I mean, it should be on getting better at shooting. Shooting is shooting. It's like, you know, it's why I can go from single stack and production and still be decent at shooting. Like, I don't have to start over. It's shooting is shooting. Just get better at shooting. It's, it's pretty simple. I can't believe you called me Jeremy. I was going to call you Jeremy as soon as I got the chance. Did I call you Jeremy? <laughs> I'm bad. I got to be honest with you, man. I'll 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 start referring to one of y'all, and I'll just get – I hardly ever get your names right. So <laughs> It doesn't help that everybody on the podcast's name starts with a J. So, anyways. All right. 
that's all I had. Y'all got any closing remarks? Nope. No. Oh, one more thing. So, Jeff. Yes, sir. Um, what we sh- what you're saying though about the single stack being pretty weak, except for at a really really good uh, uh, area three or area match or nats. Basically, what you're saying is the division should be it should be X because it's not it's not real. I didn't. Say I mean, when you think real. about it, like, dude, when you think about it, nobody shoots that division except it really the only time it really matters is at Nats, and we already have other divisions like that, so we should X is what you're saying. Need, I don't care. I, I don't what care I what they do with the division single stack, but there has to be a place to shoot a 1911. They can fit it into another division. But it has it there can, has to be a place to you shoot, shoot in 1911 and be competitive and be competitive. You want a, you want a limited match shooting it this year, so therefore right. it's competitive. We're not yeah. getting anywhere with this conversation. So if you agree with Jeff, the single stack should be eliminated. <laughs> Let us know. Yeah. All right, that's it for today, everybody. If you're listening, go follow the Facebook page. We do post up updates there and Instagram. Why do you keep forgetting about Instagram? Yeah, Every go, over to, go over to Instagram because that is also updated. And I would argue it even has better memes. So Boom. there you go. And uh, do follow the Facebook and Instagram for uh, the live videos, too, because we do go live from majors periodically. Boomer. Also, if you're going to follow, just follow us, too. What is it going to hurt? Yeah. Yeah, you can follow me. <laughs> follow Jeff everyone. Don't worry about don't follow worry about Jeff. Jeremy Je- Jeremy Jared and myself. Yeah. Jeff would love to argue about the relevance of single stack with you. Yeah. So our names will be in the podcast show notes should you like to search us on the social medias and follow us. No one cares, Jeff. <laughs> it was your idea. <laughs> it was not my idea. All right. Thanks everybody. Stop recording, damn it.